For centuries, humans have been growing alongside our botanical brethren. Our histories have mixed and mingled to bring us modern medical marvels, faded folklore, and everything in between. Of course, in order to understand the plant, we have to start with its roots. I'm M. Grebner Gaddis, and this is Rooted. Hello, and welcome back to the first episode of Rooted in the New Year. I'm so excited to be back and really looking forward to sharing another amazing year of cursed plant facts and fiction with all of you. After a much needed break to enjoy some time with my family and look into lots of new plants, I am thrilled to be back here with all of you. To apologize for my accidental ghosting and ease back into things over on my end, I'm coming at you with some of my favorite rare plants and our first foray into orchids, the ghost orchid. The ghost orchid, or Dendrophylax lindi, is a member of the orchidaceae or orchid family. Despite being the second largest family of flowers behind Asteraceae, orchids are all very easily identifiable because of their bilateral symmetry, distinctly modified petals that have normally evolved to aid in attracting some kind of insect or have been bred to be more ornamentally attractive, and their fused stamens and carpels with some of the tiniest seeds around. They are all classified as perennial herbs that never develop woody stems or supports. Now, the ghost orchid is certainly no exception to that rule, but notably, it does not have any leaves, unlike pretty much the rest of its family members, which is crazy, I know. Instead of leaves, these little cuties actually photosynthesize from their aerial roots, if you can believe it. And despite spending like 100% of my free time researching plants, somehow they never cease to amaze me. But fancy pants roots aren't the only special thing about these bright white beauties. Ghost orchids are considered endangered and are super rare, being found only in specific regions of the Caribbean, Cuba, and the Florida Everglades. They bloom June through August, with flowers that are about 4 centimeters wide and 9 centimeters long. The blooms themselves kind of look like leaping frogs, and are said to have a delightful fresh apple scent. They are most commonly found growing up tree trunks, blooming around eye level, and they need an extremely humid environment to thrive due to their symbiotic relationship with fungus in the Thelaraceae or leathery earth fan family, which need very specific conditions to thrive. Without the help of this fungus, the ghost orchid cannot produce some of the key nutrients it needs to thrive, so it withers and dies. However, unlike the other ghost orchid we'll get to in a second, these guys give their fungal friends some sugar in exchange. So, really, they're just kind of hosting little dinner parties up there, with the fungus cooking the entree and the ghost orchids bringing dessert. I can't say I blame the ghost orchid for refusing to grow without a friend like that. These frog-like figures are pollinated by a variety of super fun moths, like the fig sphinx moth, the giant sphinx moth, and about a dozen or so hawk moth species, and it produces pods containing tons of teeny tiny seeds though most will never sprout, much less bloom. Taken out of their natural habitat, most ghost orchid specimens will die within a year. 
which is why it's illegal to collect or harvest them. And while some highly skilled orchid folks have managed to stabilize cuttings and cultivate them in extremely specific and delicate conditions, most of us are best just admiring these guys from afar or taking a tour to carefully study them in the wild under the guide of those most familiar with the area. However, if you do want to live out your wild fantasies of picking them, I would suggest you replay Red Dead Redemption 2, doing the only thing I have ever done in the game. Running around the world, admiring all of the super detailed plants, and picking a ghost orchid anytime you stumble upon one. And to whoever spent what had to be thousands of hours developing the flowers and then making them pickable, I hope you know that I see you, and I appreciate you, like, every day of my life. Okay, now that that love fest is over... Do you remember earlier when I told you there was another ghost orchid? Well, I figured I should probably go ahead and dig into that one too, since even the writers on Wednesday had trouble keeping them straight. Who knew this episode was going to have so many pop culture references? The other orchid in question is the Epigobium aphylum, which is in fact another orchid, but is actually native to various areas of Europe, Asia, and pretty much anywhere else with cold winters and the Inocybe family fungus, which are the mushrooms with skinny little stalks that look like they're wearing big pointy hats. So, unlike the so-called American ghost orchid, though those were officially recorded in the Caribbean, this ghost orchid isn't giving anything back to the host fungus. Instead, just like the ghost pipe, these parasitic plants take all the nutrients they need from the mycorrhizal network instead of producing chlorophyll to make its own food. These flowers are tricky to locate, and they rarely pop up in the same spot twice, making them hard to pin down and even rarer to stumble upon. They also only pop up above ground when they're in bloom in early spring, which makes them even more elusive. Their blooms grow on long, thin, whitish, pinkish stalks, and sort of look like messed up straw flowers, more so than an orchid you would typically think of. Their flowers are bright white, and each stalk typically has about three to four of them. You can find them sticking up out of the ground, typically coming from leaf litter or under conifers that form symbiotic relationships with the mycorrhizal host these guys choose to steal their food from. Just like the other ghost orchid, they are super rare due to the conditions they need and should never be removed or disturbed in their natural habitat. Unlike the other orchid, however, these guys have not responded well to attempts to grow them in a lab, making it all the more important for us to preserve and protect their natural environments. While it's super unlikely that you'd ever just stumble upon either of these guys in the wild, if you do, I hope you take a moment to carefully say hello, and the next time you're on a hike, try to remember that endangered plants pop up everywhere, and be mindful of only foraging, picking, or traipsing around in plants that you know are okay to take, and do so mindfully and in moderation. That's all I've got this time, but I'll be back next week with an episode I think you're really going to dig. We're going back to our roots with witchcraft, hallucinogens, and poison. Until next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to the earth, and just like a plant, drink your water. If you liked the show, please subscribe and consider leaving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Rooted.Pod. We're finally updating regularly on YouTube at Rooted.Podcast. And you can check out our website, RootedPod.com, for transcripts, updates, merch, and so much more. The show is written, produced, and hosted by me, I'm Grebner Gaddis, edited by Kat Friend of Friend Diagram, and our theme music was written and produced by Eric Kluxen. Rooted is a Henbane Media LLC production.